0: Welcome to the Oxford-Berlin Creative Collaborations podcast. In this series, we showcase research projects across the arts and humanities, drawing on expertise from the University of Oxford and Berlin University of the Arts. This week, we will explore the project Sound of Contagion. In the last episode, we discussed the ideas that have informed the project. To recap, We have input two datasets into an algorithm and then edited the text artifacts yielded into a three layered narrative. We encourage you to read the full text of the project on our website, as what you're hearing here are only snippets of a larger narrative. As discussed in our last episode, the created narratives feel very arbitrary as they lack what we would call sense. For the AI, those text fragments are chopped-up elements that were put together following a certain set of rules. Those rules, however, do not follow narrative structures, coherence, or any semantic logic which we as readers are familiar with, which is why the experience of reading or listening to it might feel uncomfortable, irritating, or plain and simply weird. However, if you listen to your inner process of sense-making while following the story, You will notice the associative space that opens up during the reception of the work. Your mind constantly tries to understand by looking for reference points and by connecting the new information to already known information, either coming from the text or from your own experience, knowledge or background. In the following podcast, we will present to you some excerpts of the narrative that Chelsea, Rob, me and the AI came up with. While I will read the excerpts to you, Chelsea and Rob will reflect on their associative processes from different perspectives. We hope that you will enjoy this insight into our work and we invite you to meander freely through the world that we created. The Sound of Contagion, Layer 1 The International Committee of the Dead voted anonymously to authorize the operation to liberate the cities from the clutches of the Marauders. But they had been replaced by a motley crew of crazed neo-Nazis, preachers, xenophobes, hate groups, fanatics, crazed lizards. Each faction sought to expand their sphere of influence, innovate and extend their reach. Some were successful, some were not.
1: I really love this section. It writes about the International Committee of the Dead. Uh, I think it's very evocative and very strange and immediately gets me thinking um, about all sorts of uh, music that might either represent it or uh, be part of it in, in the world that the AI has generated. In writing music for this project, I'm interested in two things. I'm interested in diegetic music, so music that exists within the world. You know, Think of a film where you can see the string or tw- quartet playing at a party. and I'm also interested in representative music or music that uh, takes the world as a basis but you know does something else and I think if I were to write an anthem for the International Committee of the Dead in the same way that the Olympic Committee you know has an anthem uh, it would definitely be diegetic music you know this is music that comes from this world and is of it. Um, last time in the podcast we talked a lot about how the AI cuts things up and reconstitutes them. And I think that kind of compositional approach will work really well for this anthem, um, cutting up lots of different ideas. So, you know, a choir, uh, it being an anthem, but also computers, historical instruments, uh, synthesizers, uh, regular orchestral instruments, cutting them all up and uh, stacking them in different orders um, to create this strange otherworldly anthem. And that's my plan anyway. We'll have to see how it goes. I've actually asked an AI to write me the lyrics uh, for the anthem of the International Committee of the Dead, um, which I won't read out all of, but it's given me this amazing uh, poem in Italian, um, which apparently was inscribed on a monument erected in Rome after the death of Pope Pius IX. So there you go. And it begins with the lines, Viva la morte, viva la morte, la ora della nostra morte. And it continues in that vein. It's very interesting. So i look forward to writing that and sharing it.
0: They came to a real leader, they said to each other. A real man, not a fake leader, not an actor who pretended to be a leader. He was real. He lived, and he led his people to a real leader. This real man was the one they called their real leader. He was named Manum, and Manum knew this about himself. He had practiced seduction and charm a long time. He was a good liar a real one.
2: When you listen to Wenzel reading sections of the narrative that has emerged from the data, I want you to keep in mind the editing process. We have not made significant editing alterations, so when there is seemingly nonsense repetition, that's what the algorithm gave us. The repetitions of real leader and real man are representative of the data that we fed the algorithm novels and plays from Oedipus Rex in 1500 BC up to those published just before the second millennium. Women don't feature much in the data from the texts that date pre-2000, which is why when we began to tease out the layers of the story, the image of the African American girl child reading a graphic novel about an evil king really struck me as the crucial central image of the whole piece. Through this image, I want to connect the bubonic plague to the AIDS crisis and highlight those contagion events as historical context for our experience of the current COVID-19 pandemic. So The story is a nested narrative, a bit like the structure of David Mitchell's Cloud Atlas. The first layer is the evil king and his advisor Piranesi in Renaissance Europe, who we then discover are characters in a comic book that a little African-American girl is reading while listening to a TV report on the AIDS crisis in the 1980s. The third layer reveals that the girl is the main character in a novel that a young aspiring author is writing during the long months of the present COVID-19 pandemic. So as the narrative moves, she grows up and finds herself in our somewhat dystopian present But she is a character imagined by a lonely writer contemplating all that has been lost or changed by the current pandemic. And I suppose there's also a a final sort of meta layer of the three of us, Wenzel, Rob and myself, as uh, the writers um, using the algorithm um, above that. Um, And so there's sort of multiple meta layers.
0: The pandemic of war had begun.
2: When I began choosing sections or text artefacts from the algorithm's output to include in this narrative, I focused on those sections that made the most sense. Some sections yield even less sense than the ones that we've chosen, and and that suggested a coherence and connection um, to others. So The Pandemic of War had begun as the perfect end to the prologue of this piece, and finding it in the text artefacts, I realised while the algorithm had given us quite a lot of rubbish, and you'll hear some examples of that soon, there were moments of literariness and, and artistry. The line implies that war is a plague, a pandemic of a kind, a contagious disease. And I think if we look at the presence of, for example, America in the Middle East, that doesn't seem an impossible metaphor. The spread of war in a place um, or a region. So, this raises questions um, that we hope to explore later about authorship, creativity and how we define the author or artist when working with AI. In literary studies, you know we've we've dealt with the question of um, you know uh, the death of the author. Um, but AI raises new questions related to this, and I think that there's some really interesting work to be done in this area.
0: The sound of contagion, layer two. The pandemic is spreading. In a few weeks it will overtake Mexico and other tropical areas. But in Asia and Africa the areas in which pandemics have been known to be spread now less than three weeks of a second or a thousand days. What follows will determine the first and maximum periods of international isolation. In the west, now certainly, the cold weather will make things even worse. Vietnam, Kurdistan Iran will be enveloped in an ice pole, as will most of the countries outside the European sphere. And in Asia, somewhat more slowly but undoubtedly, the total internal separation will be felt to be obscured when in a few weeks' time time the isolating condition has been broken, so that we shall be free to spread. In response to the rising of the temperature, the most virulent diseases found to arise in the most distempered of communities so that they will be at once cleared of those who wish to remain and introduce a new form of isolation. The revolutionary elements in the masses will have only the weapon that should be possessed and wielded by revolutionaries until today. That weapon is this plague. Private conversations died off. The telegrams ceased. Most of the written records disappeared. Against the inevitability of such a catastrophic event is probably Internegate a doubt as certain it is that general impoverishment brings famine, and that the one manner by which our good country may be rendered entirely submissive to the enemy is through surrender.
1: This section, which implies a newsreader or broadcaster of some sort, has a lot of uh, sonic applications. I think my first thought is that if we were to render this somehow in a really you know, traditional newsreader um, radio broadcaster type of way, you know, a bit of static in the background, um, quite a you know posh accent uh, reading out very received. Uh, it could be a really interesting sonic object to play with. You know, we could use it in lots of ways in pieces of music including as a background. Um, we can vocode it, so turn it into a melody. Um, we could even uh, chop it up in certain ways to turn it into a rhythmical track. The text is actually quite Uh, rhythmical in some ways this length of the sentences um, is quite variable and is quite sort of pleasant to speak I'm also interested in um, the urbanness of some of this uh, extract and indeed a lot of this um, Sound of Contagion text I think there's a lot to be done with urban music in this context Um, and particularly for me um, there's the idea of a cityscape or um, urban landscape being comprised sonically of very hard hard-edged sounds you know synthesizers that kind of thing um, unnatural sounds that are quite uh, rhythmic and sort of pulsating in a way we've got a lot of that and i'm very interested in exploring that at the same time we have some very uh, historical texts or historical style texts generated with ai as well i'm thinking of this stuff with uh, Piranesi. Uh, and there, we might actually do the opposite. We might bring in, instead of synthesizers, historical instruments. You know, the viola da gamba, the viol, the lute, um, that kind of thing, the oboe d'amore. Um, and these really old instruments have a really particular color that sound very, very beautiful. And we don't actually get to use them very much. And I think that a, a sort of core idea of the music that we're going to hear is the uh, the meeting place between these uh, sort of urban and AI notions and very old, historical ideas as well.
2: The reading that you hear that begins with reference to Mexico and the spread of the plague through developing nations and regions is what inspired the image of the girl listening to the nonsense on the TV while she reads her graphic novel. I imagine a man sitting in the room near her, an older brother perhaps, a victim of the AIDS crisis, which Reagan refused to acknowledge for five years until finally addressing it in 1986. We sometimes talk about the coronavirus pandemic as the worst, um the worst pandemic in living memory, but the death tolls of the AIDS crisis, which is very much in recent memory, were so much higher than the ones that we're seeing for COVID, um, which demands that we think about who counts and who counts as someone that we need to look after—a um, kind of grievability in the Judith Butler sense. So the section that follows represents the breakdown in communications technology under catastrophic uh, conditions, reminding us that our interconnected world is not so connected as we may believe. I really liked reading through the the rubbish that the algorithm gave us, looking for references um, to various kind of things and things that popped out for me. Um, And one of those was... The reference to the postal systems in the states and elsewhere breaking down and that made me think very much and this was around the time that um the 45th president of the united states was playing havoc with the postal service in the states so i thought that that was quite interesting
0: the sound of contagion layer three I thought about the time that I had left behind when I was alone in a very angry world. I thought about the time that I had left behind when I was alone in a very angry world. Whenever I remember those moments, I can't stop myself. I just stood there, mute, staring at the road. I thought about the time that I had left behind when I was alone in a very angry world. I thought about the time that I left behind when I was alone in a very angry world I thought about everything those feelings they were what I actually wanted not some morbid desire to sleep forever some morbid desire to go home I wanted to live forever and forever and forever I wanted to be something more than just a person in a body I wanted to be something more than just another person for others to consume and abuse I wanted to be something greater than just a person. That was the promise that I kept as I ran down the hall from the 8th floor until the chapel opened. I wanted to be something greater than just a person. I wanted to be something more than just a person. But for that, I had to be just great. I didn't want to be just great. I wanted to be amazing. I wanted to be something else. I wanted something different. The sound was coming, but it was obvious that he did not want to hear it. He had no wish to hear any story about how little he had. He didn't want to know, he didn't want to know anything except his own story. Storytellers were always telling him that they had seen the same thing in different places but now they couldn't remember which one it was.
2: The final layer uh, reveals a young man who's writing alone and lonely in his isolation. This section and those referring to the woman in the bakery are taken from the post-2000 outputs. What I noticed reading through those was that in the artefacts produced from the post-2000 data, more women appeared and the text tended to focus more on characters' feelings than on the action. So in this last section, I think many of us can see our experiences of lockdown mirrored, the sense of life's ambitions sundered by the circumstances we're all living through. And that section ends with the evocation of sound as a story. I think that's particularly relevant to our experiences now. You know, We hear the empty streets, our empty homes. We ask one another, can you hear me? Can you hear me now on our Zoom calls? We're overwhelmed by traffic when the lockdowns lift. But for some, I think it's important to remember that We can be overwhelmed by the noise in our overcrowded buildings, children kept inside and bored, people arguing. Silence and clapping. The deafening silences in our own heads as we struggle to make sense of all that we're living through. So these three sections speak to a variety of experiences of the sound of contagion. Um, Some of it being conversation, some of it being news media, and some of it being the sound of, you know, ourselves, inside our own heads, struggling to come to terms with all that we're living through.
3: Childhood as a series of fixed points, a stable foundation from which to build his But the vast majority of his memories were temporary but His mother reduced the evening with speeches and flowers to elegies and wine, and he watched elegantly as his mother. did not want, did not want, he did not want, he did not want to know. He did not
0: Many thanks for listening to our work. We hope you found it stimulating and that you will subscribe for more thought provoking work from artists and researchers working in Oxford and Berlin. If you'd like to get in touch, please email us at at infoib.ox.ac.uk.